What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back to another episode of the Electric Runway Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to be speaking with Alexander Ingram. He is the head of communications and PR for North, a Canadian startup that wants to sell you your first pair of smart glasses. Focals by North look and feel like contemporary frames, but they have discrete digital features. When you're wearing them, you can talk to your voice assistant, Alexa, send and receive messages, navigate the roads, or even find your Uber via a heads-up display. So we're going to speak with Alex about why it's important for Focals by North to be a pair of fashion-first glasses, and our conversation also touches on what it's like to be marketing a wearable device as a product that sells direct to consumers, as well as their strategy for growth moving forward. So we're really going to get into it with Alex. Stay tuned for that conversation. But first, we have to talk about the Met Gala, which just happened. The Met Gala, of course, is the Super Bowl of fashion. It takes place the first Monday in May, and it's a fundraiser organized by Anna Wintour for the benefit of the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute in New York City. And it also marks the opening of the Costume Institute's annual fashion exhibit. So the theme this year was camp, and that's not camp as in we're going camping. It was camp as in the aesthetic, which means exaggerated and artificial and really calling into question what is art. So the title of this year's gala, Camp Notes on Fashion, is a nod to an essay by Susan Sontag. If you'd like to read that essay, we have a link to a PDF version on the website. That's electricrunway.com. Just go to podcasts and look for episode 111. We could talk more about camp now, but there are some detailed explainer videos on the internet, which I'm going to link to as well. For our purposes today, I wanted to briefly take a moment to talk about how technology showed up on the red carpet at the Met Gala on Monday and the role that it played in achieving this camp aesthetic. So let's talk about Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet served us a surreal inspired look made by designer Christian Serrano. It was a balloon hip dress with a Picasso feel to it. On one side of the dress, it was like this buttoned up black and white, and it was punctuated by a red lip. The other side was like a Barbie hot pink, and it was punctuated with an eye complete with lashes and a lid that actually blinked. It reminded me so much of Banaz Ferrari's Caress of the Gaze, which we've talked about on the program before. This idea that a garment can stare back at you and in doing so, call into question who gets to look and who is looked at. So I'm with the understanding that for Monet's dress, the technology was supplied by Smooth Technology. And of course, her look was topped off with a towering stack of hats by Sarah Sokol Milnery. Janelle, you did it. I'm not surprised though, because Janelle Monet is camp. Her whole aesthetic is over the top. But I loved this look and I loved how the tech was actually the most subtle part of the dress, but it really just helped push that aesthetic of 
extravagant and over the top. It was so awesome. So if you haven't seen it yet, head over to our Instagram. We're at electric underscore runway. We have a video of Janelle Monet on the pink carpet. It was a pink carpet this year, not a red carpet. You really have to see it, which is why we're actually going to do a more thorough Met Gala 2019 review on our YouTube channel. But for now, head to our Instagram, check it out. The other tech dress that I wanted to talk about was worn by the American actress Zendaya. It was designed by Tommy Hilfiger. This dress was modeled after Cinderella's princess dress. And what made it high tech and high camp was this performative moment on the runway where Zendaya's stylist, La Roach, waved his magic wand and smoke appeared and the dress kind of magically transformed from a gray to a blue and it lit up and actually grew in size. So it was a robotic color changing dress. It was a total Cinderella moment and technology really helped make the magic come to life. Zach Posen actually created a few sculptural 3D garments and accessories for the likes of Katie Holmes, Jordan Dunn, Nina Dobriv, and more. And these were all designed in collaboration with GE Additive and Proto Labs. So once again, if you're interested in this conversation of how tech appeared on the pink carpet at the Met Gala 2019, stay tuned to our YouTube channel. We're going to get into that in more detail. So today's episode is all about smart glasses. Those who study wearable computing will point out the fact that over time, our technology has become smaller and more portable. So take, for example, the computer. The first computer occupied 1,800 square feet. That's larger than most apartments in Toronto. Today, with the mobile phone, however, computers fit into our pockets. And when you look at the kind of timeline of computing and personal computing, you can kind of compare it to what's happening now with head-worn displays. So head-worn displays, including virtual and augmented reality headsets, have been around since the 80s, but it's only in the last decade that they've become portable enough to even consider wearing them all the time. And even then, there's still dramatic social barriers to facial computing, as we saw with the reaction to Google Glass. Um, We're going to get into that in this conversation with Alex. Alex describes Vocals as the first pair of eyewear-first smart glasses, and he's confident that this approach is going to win over consumers and help usher in a next wave of displays and devices. So here to tell us more about the exciting Canadian startup pioneering the future of connected eyewear is Alexander Ingram from North. Alex, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So for those who don't know, who are you and what is North? Yeah, so I'm Alex or Alexander Ingram. I'm our head of communications over at North. So North is a kind of medium-sized startup based outside of Waterloo. For those who don't know, Waterloo is about an hour outside of Toronto, Ontario, up in Canada. And so we've been around for four or five years now and kind of just came to market with this new, really exciting product called Focals, which we call the first everyday pair of smart glasses. So exciting. And I remember we first actually met at CES in the Amazon kind of ecosystem 
area and I was really excited to try out North for the first time. But you weren't always called North. You're actually a spinoff of another company. Can you tell us about that? It's the same company. So previously we were known as Thalmic Labs. So our first product was a product called the Mayo Armband. And the Mayo Armband is a small armband that you wear on your forearm and it reads through a process called electromyography, the electrical impulses that go through your arm. And then it uses those impulses to control a piece of technology out in front of you, whether that's a drone or a PowerPoint presentation or something else entirely. It was kind of this seamless way of interacting with technology in the digital world in a new way. Fantastic. And so now you've moved on to augmented reality glasses. So how did you make that transition? Yeah, so it, it's funny to think about. It seems like a pretty big pivot and Mayo had some really big fans. And so they had a lot of questions when we started out. So really what happened was when we first started developing Mayo uh, before we were North, back when we were Thalmic Labs, we were thinking about the Mayo as an input device or like the mouse for the next generation of computers. So the mouse is absolutely functional for how a computer works, just like on the iPhone, you use your fingers to control the interface. We were thinking as we're introducing heads up displays, AR, VR, all these different things, what does the mouse of that generation look like? What does the input device of that generation look like? And so our founders, Stephen, Matt and Aaron, realized very quickly as they were working on this and as they were working on Mayo, that uh, basically the current generation of devices, Google Glass, and some of the early smart glasses, some of the early VR devices, they were frankly not great. So they weren't things that they wanted to wear outside. They were clunky. They looked more like a laptop slapped on your face than like something that someone would actually want to wear and actually feel comfortable wearing. And that's not just from the design and the aesthetics, that's also from the technical side of the UI or like what experiences and apps are on them. And that, that really led us to a decision. And that decision was, do we wait for Apple or Google or someone else to come out with this heads up display or these smart glasses that everyone loves and kind of checks these boxes or do we do it ourselves? And so being a little bit stubborn and, and pretty uh, ambitious, we decided to kind of take a swing at it ourselves. So here we are after four or five years of working on Focals in secret uh, with a product that's now on the market. So we just announced Focals back in October and started shipping our first products maybe back in January. Yeah, it's fantastic. I was at the AWE Toronto meetup where people were lining up to try out the glasses. There's a lot of buzz and excitement around them. So let's talk about the functionality of the glasses. There are some specific features that you've left out and the features that are inside are very intentional. So maybe you could talk about what you put in there and what you left out. Sure. So I think it makes sense to talk about before we go into the individual app experiences to go about talk about the aesthetics of the glasses, because that's pretty critical for, for how we design focals. So we often say that focals are glasses first, and like emphasis on the glasses. When you put on a pair of focals, we want you to feel good, look good, or we had an in-house eyewear designer make them to look similar to a pair of glasses. Glasses also means a couple other things. The weight has to be pretty reasonable. Ours weigh about 60 grams. They have to be comfortable. They have to fit prescription lenses. They have to come in multiple colors and multiple styles. So for the industry, that was a very new approach. As I mentioned before, everyone else has kind of approached AR and VR as like, let me slap a laptop on your head, lock you in the basement and just like have a great time. 
So for us, as we were developing focals, we not only wanted them to look really great, we wanted them to be able to come out into the world with us. I think AR and technology has a huge potential to leave our living rooms in the way that the iPhone did and join us out in the world and help us engage with the world in a different way. For us, we really thought about our, in our relationship with technology. So I think you and I can probably both agree we maybe don't have the best relationship with our phones. I probably use mine way too much. I really have this feeling that when I'm on my phone, I'm like trapped in it, I'm locked in it. We talk about like the iPhone vortex. It's like you go in to check the weather and all of a sudden you're like 20 minutes deep in your ex's Instagram. This is not a great <laughs> feeling. People don't, people don't like this. And so we said, how do we give someone the benefits of technology without having to kind of pull them away from the things that they care about in their everyday? So how do I get the things that matter to me without getting that, that vortex? That really inspired the kinds of experiences that we built on Focals. The initial experiences that we have are all centered around that everyday utility, those small digital interactions, and taking that technology out from our living rooms and out of our phones and bringing our heads up and bringing us into the world around us. So the initial experiences we have on Focals are the first is very simple. It's just the time of the date. When you pull up your screen display on Focals, which sits about an arm's length out in front of you, you see it hovering out there, see the time of the date. And then you can swipe through to the right. The UI is laid out left to right. We have text messages. You can read and respond to text messages. If you were running 15 minutes late to this podcast, you could say, hey, Alex, I'm running 15 minutes late. I'll see you soon. It would pop right up on my Focals. I can pull it up, respond with a smart reply or with voice to text and get back to my world. I'm not like digging into social networks. I'm not getting lost in my phone. It's just, it pops up, it's, I deal with it and it's gone. So the second piece is calendar, kind of what we call day to day. So knowing what's coming up in your calendar, being able to click into those meetings, tell people you're running late, all these things. Again, super, super short, staying on top of your day. One I really love is called Go, and that's navigating to areas of interest or locations of interest around you and tracking your way over to them through turn-by-turn directions or calling an Uber. This one is particularly interesting because you think of, say you're in Paris and you want to get to some fancy bistro, you're spending your entire time in Paris with your eyes locked down on this little black box that's in your hand. When I wear my focals and I'm getting turn-by-turn directions, my head is up, I'm looking around me, and it's like, it feels very magical to be able to kind of see and know where I'm going without being attached to my phone or a laptop or a GPS or something like that. The last piece is, you mentioned Amazon before. So Amazon's one of our biggest investors. And so we actually worked on them with a really great, a really great integration of Amazon Alexa on the glasses. So most people know Alexa as a voice input and output. We actually worked with them on some display features as well. So if I was to ask about the weather or ask some kind of question, then it would actually pop up in front of me and hover in front of me in addition to being spoken out on the frames. And the one more thing I should add is all of these experiences are controlled with a little input device that we call Loop. And the Loop is a small ring that you wear on your index finger. It has a little joystick on it. You're left, right, up, down, and that lets you swipe through. We, we thought really long and hard about the kind of input device for this, this kind of product. And, and that was the one we landed on that was the most discreet and had kind of you don't have to think about it when you use it. Additionally, you know, with Google Glass, one of the more creepy things about it is that there was a camera and there was all this controversy around, are you being recorded? And it raised all these privacy concerns. So for the first iteration of Focals by North, 
there is no camera, so there's no recording process that goes on. It's more meant for the wearer, if I understand it correctly. We thought really long and really hard about whether we wanted to put a camera on focals. In some ways, it has such great potential, right? You can take a picture of something you see just like you would with your phone, but without pulling it out. I look over, I see a cute dog, I can snap a picture. And beyond that, there's huge opportunities with regards to machine vision. I don't know if you've seen any of Google's latest apps, but you can like point it at an old car. It tells you exactly what that old car is. You can imagine if you plug that into an AR ecosystem or into the ecosystem on your smart glasses, there's incredible opportunity there. That being said, our ability as a culture to kind of ramp up to things like that takes time, right? Like technological advances move at a mile a minute, but people right now are frankly just not comfortable. They're not cool with having a camera on their glasses. They don't want to be recorded. They want to be that nasty glass hole word that everyone called Google Glasswares back in the day. So Gen 1, this is already a pretty big cultural shift for a lot of our customers. And we were like, you know what, let's just hang tight on the camera piece. Maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. Let's see how people react to it and we'll go from there. So I'm, I'm not gonna say either way kind of where we're leaning for our next generation of product, but I will say we're looking really carefully at, at that decision. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I can see the use for it as a journalist, as someone who does on the field reporting, it would be such an asset, but at the same time, are we ready for that world where everyone's able to record each other 24-7? It's a really interesting question. So how much are these glasses retailing for at the moment? And as I understand it, you have a lineup, a wait time for them. So what's that like? Yeah, so to answer your first question, they are $599 US, which is a slight change from when we first launched. So when we first launched, they were $999 US and it was kind of an all-in-one package. You get your focals, you got the prescription, that included everything, right? Today, we've adjusted that price to be more in line with what people expect from the eyewear industry, which is where you have a base price and then you can pay a little more for premium lenses. You can pay a little more on top of that for prescription. You can get kind of limited edition styles, colors, all through these little add-ons. And so that's the structure that we've built in and people have actually responded really well. We've been typically saying the wait time for focals is about eight to 10 weeks. The good news is our manufacturing team has been working hard and um, they may not appreciate me saying this, but they're hauling now and producing a lot more units. So uh, I expect that time to go down slightly, which is great news. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's, it's all very early days. So things like price and wait time, and, and these are just, we're very much so in learn and iterate mode, right? We need to figure out what are the great use cases. We need to figure out like what exactly is the right pricing model. We need to figure out what people are willing to pay and wait and all these different things. What we learned is there's really no good context that consumers have right now. When you go out to buy a jacket, or you go out to buy a car, or you go out to buy a phone, you can say, I like this phone better than that phone because it has this camera or this um, whatever, these wheels or features. Right now, people don't have any good comparison for smart glasses. They know Google Glass, which is this heralded failure from a couple years ago, but they don't necessarily have any context beyond that. We're very much so in, yeah, learn and iterate mode on our side, but also this education mode for our customers. And so that's why we're always showing up places like AWE or CES. This past weekend, we were at the Vision Expo East, which is the largest eyewear show in the US. So by being able to go to these places, hand someone a pair of focals, let them try it on, there's such an incredible opportunity there for them to feel what it weighs like, see what the display looks like, 
like show their friends. So we'll be certainly be doing showing up in more and more places. Yeah, and I'm interested to know what was the reaction at the iWork conference? Because at CES, you're sort of used to seeing all these out of this world gadgets that augment our bodies and extend our senses in various different ways. But at a glasses trade show where you're used to seeing traditional frames, I'm interested to know what was the reaction there? Yeah, it was super interesting. I mean, it was very, having done AWE and CES, I, we really weren't sure what to expect. For us, it was like our first introduction to this world. And I will say what I learned about the eyewear industry is that it's very old school. We were the only smart glasses company there. It is very much so controlled by a couple really big companies. You probably know Luxottica or Essilor or VSP. And the industry really hasn't changed that much in the last hundred or so years. The only major innovation is someone like Warby Parker coming in and selling direct consumer. And that's really like a, a shift in the industry and the sales model rather than even anything on glasses. So I'm happy to say that people were super excited. Press, customers, partners, distributors, all these folks were coming up. And similar to our customers, they have a lot of questions. The questions were kind of different. There was a lot of questions about how it works with your eyes and what the distribution model might look like through uh, an optical store and things like that. And frankly, we're kind of still figuring out that distribution model ourselves, but it is, it's super exciting. A lot of great questions, a lot of smiles, and people just seemed really pumped that there was something new and different and interesting and exciting. I think we'll certainly be doing more of that in the, the weeks and months to come. Awesome. And so speaking of that consumer education piece, you actually have retail stores where people go and get fitted for their focals by North. So as part of the marketing team, how are you reaching your audiences? You have a number of different strategies going on that differ depending on if you're in New York or in San Francisco. Right now you can only buy focals if you come to see us in person. And that's because when we bring you in to buy a pair of focals, when you walk into one of our stores, when you walk into one of these shows or something like that, what we do is we take a 3D scan of your head and we use that information to build a pair of focals that is exactly perfect for your specifications. So that's everything from your IPD, which is the distance between your eyes, to your OPD, to where your ears sit, to where your nose sits. When you go out to buy a pair of glasses, you inherently do a little bit of this yourself. You walk into a Warby Parker, you walk into a LensCrafters, you put on pic you put on a bunch of different glasses, you send a picture to your girlfriend or your mom or whatever and say, how do I look? So eyewear is very emotional like this and that people want it to fit really well. We all have different heads and shaped eyes, whatever. I've got a massive head. So we have to build them aesthetically down to your exact specifications. The second piece is that the way the technology works, we have to be able to get the, the lens or the hologram in the lens that the image bounces off of to line up perfectly with your pupil. And the way we do that is through this custom building process. So you have to come and see us. So basically what we decided to do is to lean into this. We created some beautiful showrooms, one in Toronto, one in Brooklyn, where you can come in and get sized and try out focals. And then we've also just rolled out this pop-up model where we've been popping up with a mobile sizing rig in different cities. We call it our pop-up showroom. So we just finished a big tour. We were in Seattle, Portland, Santa Clara, San Francisco, and we took the truck over to Vision Expo East and we're heading back to Intel's big summit in Arizona next week. And I'm happy to say we managed to sell out every single appointment we had uh, that was open to the public as part of that, which is awesome. But more than that, it really kind of validated this distribution model, this direct consumer, 
pop-up distribution model. So our stores have been a great starting place, our showrooms, but we'll certainly be, based on the success of those mobile pop-ups, we'll definitely be expanding that over the next coming weeks. Yeah, it's so exciting. And the store in Toronto is absolutely fantastic. I had the opportunity to visit it myself and get fitted for the glasses. And I'm just waiting for them to come in and we'll be doing a full first impressions and review on our YouTube channel. So our listeners can stay tuned for that. I just have a few more questions for you before I let you go. You know, we've talked about Google Glass already. It's considered a consumer fail, but of course Google Glass did find its place within industry. You know, it's used for warehousing, it's used for training and it's found its place not out in in the world every day. So how do you and your team figure that consumers are ready for that in the wild, on the street pair of glasses that are going to give us all these things that heads up displays and Google Glass promise, but fit in with our everyday lives? Yeah, so that's really the, the challenge that we're tackling. I think from a really meta level, if we take a step back, we can see this kind of iteration of technology shifting in this way, right? So it started with mainframe computers, then it went down to PCs, and then it went down to laptops and into phones. I think it's easy to kind of be like, oh yeah, well, it's probably never gonna get any better than phones. These are pretty awesome, I like mine. And maybe this is the way things are gonna be. Maybe phones will just get better, the cameras will be amazing, et cetera. But I think we have to be willing to push the boundaries of, what we think technology needs to look like. So it's really our bet that smart glasses, specifically eyewear first smart glasses, are gonna be the next generation of computing in the similar way to how smartphones were the next generation of what came before. We're really betting that if we can create a product that looks as much like regular glasses as possible, and today Focals looks pretty good, but as we kind of iterate on future generations, it'll get closer and closer and closer. If we can create something that looks like as much like regular glasses as possible, bring experiences onto them that feel useful and exciting and kind of give you access to that digital world without some of the drawbacks of phones and things like that, kind of start to drop some of these barriers to people buying it, like the sizing, the things like that. I think we really are on the right track to starting to bring this to a broader customer audience. And we, we know we know a lot of the bigger technology companies are working on this. There's lots of rumors about Apple working on something like this or Facebook or whoever else. So. I think this category is coming and it's just a matter of exactly how it's going to shake out. And one of our product managers actually said something really interesting to me. He said, every single leap in technology has pretty much been centered around communication. So like how we communicate with one another. That's why we leaned really hard into the communication piece of Focals. And, you know, there's certainly going to be applications for this stuff in, in factories, I'm sure. But we're really going we're really going right to people and saying, hey, what do you think? The future's here. And it's been kind of a fun ride. It feels like we've been doing it a lot longer than like five or six months now. But yeah, it's it's really just the beginning. Yeah, and it's an exciting future for heads up displays and for smart glasses, one that I'm certainly excited about and I know our listeners are excited about as well. So congratulations on all of your success. And how can people follow North and stay in touch? Yeah, so you can check out our Instagram at Focals by North. And then you can go to bynorth.com. That's bynorth.com. And then come in and check out our showroom if you're in Brooklyn or if you're in Toronto. We're also right on the edge of announcing like our next slew of pop-ups, probably up and down the West Coast. So lots and lots of stuff coming up. And uh, we'll see you out there. We'll put links up on Electric Runway so that our audience can link to yours. Alexander, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks, Amanda.
that was my conversation with Alexander Ingram, the head of communications and PR for North. Their first product, Focals, are shipping today. If you're interested in learning more, we've got all the links you need on electricrunway.com. Simply click on podcast, look for episode 111. There you'll also find more information about North's two showrooms in Toronto and in Brooklyn. We also have a first look video since I went to get fitted for my focals by North at their showroom in Toronto. And so stay tuned to our channels for the unboxing and first impressions of those. So that's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. 